I'm gonna do, is it say now that I'm recording? It does. Okay, yeah, because I paused the recording because I was, okay. It doesn't show me. Hello, Michael. Hello, Sean. Jonathan. Okay. Jeremy. I can't, yeah, it's, it's my boss's uh, Zoom account. Oh. Okay. Got it. Okay, so, my God. I'm just gonna, um, I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna apologize that I didn't really get a lot of time prepared today. I've been going crazy about this whole uh, other things. Um, I've been apparently some of the people that I uh, respect. Um, no, Dildo is not someone I know. Um, isn't uh, um, still don't think that they have to close their shoes and stuff for this thing. And I've been running around to try to figure out how to reach them, and I don't know what. And if someone has any ideas. Tell me, because I don't know what to do. But the only thing I could tell you that it's hitting me hard is just forward the death announcements that you get every day. There, yes, but wow. but I'm I'm that's one thing. The the thing that drives me even more crazy is that there's there is going to be more death announcements because of things that people are doing now, not things that they right. did three weeks ago. No, I'm saying for, forward the, every time you get a death announcement, forward it to yeah. There's no, they don't afford these people that I'm talking about. That's the whole problem. They don't uh -huh. even know how the world works. And like, if, I, I tried to talk to my friends. They're like, yeah, well, this, you have to start to explain like from, you know, from the Big Bang thing. Like, seriously, how are we going to get anywhere? And I don't know. I'm, I'm really like, I've been making phone calls and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what to do. Oh. Um, so we, and we still have to learn, but that's, that's where, we're, where it is. Um, anyways, if someone will call me back in the middle, I'll... I'll I'll go to that. Yeah. But anyways, so now we're we're somewhere like this. Let me. I just put you my chart so you should see how cool I am. But anyways, <laughs> um, there's even cooler charts. There's like nicer ones in the next one. Anyways, um, so the story is like this. We're in a week. Oh God, go back to my room. Huh? The story is like this. We in the in about a week we're going to have a seder. Right, Pesach Seder, um, which according to uh, the Mekubalim and from and all the others that learn, learn from them, these are one of this is this the Seder night is one of the more one of the most like one of the top three uh, moments of the year, something like that. Maybe the top one or the top second or the we'll get it. We'll get into that detail in, in a moment, hopefully. And when I say that, we have to again go back to what what tap moments mean mean for for Mikubalim or what their language is and how we translate it a little bit to our language. Uh, what it means basically is like we've learned in, a little bit in the beginning. If you go back to if you reach out of Kavanas, which you should, everyone should just read a lot of stuff. You don't have to understand everything. Nobody understood everything. The people that wrote it didn't understand everything. Like just you know, try. Um, but uh, and I, I I'll send you. Last year I printed a little, but I'll send you this this document that I have. It's just separated a little and gave cup gave uh, headers to stuff, so you know it makes things a little clear. Um, now what's going on is like this. Oh, what was I, what was I saying? So, um, no, ah, so we we started to learn. I don't know. We didn't actually go into that detail, but there's there a lot of different levels of the of the universe of the world in other words of of the zeramp and venus mostly that's another way of saying it, or which obviously translates into our mindset and our uh the way we see the world the way where we experience uh, god really um and there's a lot of levels of them like we learned um that in the times of in times of gullus at least that there's uh, there's differences within different gullus we're actually just so you know we're not in as in as bad a situation as we were in the times of Egypt, which obviously we're not, because otherwise we wouldn't be celebrating Pesach. Um, meaning to say, if you read the Sharmit Reach, what the Rizal goes through, like he has seven levels, seven levels of Yichud, seven levels of the Yichud, Zavinuk. Uh, and, and he goes through history and tries to teach and teaches, I'm going to mute everyone, just make noise. Um, and, and tries to teach, he goes through history and he teaches every, for every, uh, for every, um, how do you call it? 
for every uh, time of history, in the Jewish history at least, I don't know how it was for you know, other people, um, he goes through and explains which level of these seven levels we were. And basically the way he, go, the way he understands it is, I'll just give you a very short, I'm not gonna get into all levels, there's the seventh level, the, all these levels are levels of the Ichad of, 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 of the, of the Shekhinah and the, and the Zeramvin, basically. I'm not going to go into the details because I don't remember on my heart and I'm going to get confused. But, and they're slightly different than the levels we're going to learn, so I'm not going to get into that. But uh, basically, that the seventh level, which is called the Yichad of Zavinuk Punim Bepunim, Shiva Beshava, meaning Keser, up to Keser. His Keser is in the same level of her Keser, and they're both having Yichad with their entire body. Is Jonathan Sternberg someone I know? Um, no, you know such a name? Um, yeah. Is it neat? Is that neat? I don't know. It says Jonathan Sternberg. So only a halfway Jewish name that I see. There's like five people and they're all fake. Um, there's Michael Weber. I see again. I thought you're here already. Um, Mo Lester, Jonathan Sternberg. Are these people I know? Mo Lester, I don't know. No, Mo Lester, no. Don't let Mo Lester in. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you're saying you do know what is national item in? It's no, 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 no. <laughs> if you say it fast, it's a different word. Oh, yeah, I didn't say that. Uh, I'm so stupid. Okay. <laughs> I'll remove it. Bye. Okay, I don't know who Jonathan Sternberg. I, there needs to be a way for people to send you like a message here or something. That they, they can if they want oh, to. I'm, they're in the group with all of us. Oh, let me write. But I, it's going to go to everyone in the waiting room. One second. There must be a way. No, there isn't. Is there a Ari way. Greenberg? Ari's not coming tonight, he said. Right. Could be Nate. Maybe Nate's using his like parents' computer or something. Okay. But I put a note in the waiting room. So. Um, all right, this is crazy. Another crazy thing that we figured out about the world today. Um, uh, I texted Nate, so if it's him, he'll okay. let me know. Cool. Um, anyway, so what I was saying, there's different levels. There's different levels. That's the basic, the basic insight, the first insight. When you wake up, in other words, then we're going to get into it. When you wake up in the morning, depending on what day it is, you should have a different kind of emuna, uh, right? A different kind of experience of God. Amuna or Dvaikas or mind mind that's if you if you if your mind is synchronized with it. If you're not synchronized, then who knows? But you are anyways, you're yeah, nobody asks. You're synchronized with something all the time. So and there's gonna be different time, kinds of days. And generally, depending on which period in history you live, like I was starting to say, if you lived in Mitzrayim, you're in a bad situation. According to Arizal, I'm gonna mention the world just because I uh, it's called that you're uh, up to the Tiferes without uh, the higher spirits being made in you. Okay, just, and now if you're out of Mitzrayim, even if you're in Bovel, important to know, even if you're in Golis, the next Golis, you're actually still better than we were in Egypt. And there even has a question. So if, if so, why would we cry about the Charm Besamikdash? It's only getting us back to the situation where we were in the Midbar. Important. So there's, if you like go through the history, there's like the time of Mitzrayim, Egypt. Then there's the Midbar that, the whole that we learn in, you know, in the Chumash was kind of a good time, but with about a, a whole bunch of problems, right? We kept on doing rebellions and all kinds of different problems, Koyrachs and Meraglims and Egels and stuff. And then there's, when we get into Eretz Yisrael, which basically when we get to the time of Shlema Melech, that's the only time that gets close to the, the real thing. Um, so, and basically when, when the temple got, when the Besamikdash gets destroyed, and, you know, the first Besamikdash gets destroyed, and, and as far as this whole pshing is concerned, we only go back to where we were in the Dara Midbar. That is all, this is interesting. It says that this is what it says in, in Yirmiya, there's a Pusik. It says in the beginning, I think, we even read it maybe in that letter somewhere. Ha Midbar Hayitili Israel. Was I a desert to you that you were acting to me like this? And Nizal says yes, because now you're going to go, and there's another Pusukim that says similar things. We're going back to the desert, but we don't go back to Israel. Very important to realize. And something similar happens to this day. And that's a whole other conversation that we could have. We never go back to um, Mitzrayim. That's very important. There's a Pusik. That's what the Pusik says. That's the Pusik uh, right by the Kriyas Yamsef. And that's why there's an Easter. There's like literally 
besides for the fact, like in, in your soul level and the level of the reality, the, the reality never goes back to the level of Mitzrayim. Uh, in your, there's also halacha, like we have to conform to that reality, and that's why there's a halacha that says, um, do not go back, right? There's a, it's a ister also. Um, those are all part. Let me try, let me see. I, remove, I could remove people. It's a person that I know. Um, now, uh, what was I saying? So that there's diff- a lot of different levels. Now, and that the, the discuss, we went, we go out and there's something. So now, now there's a lot of different levels. And really now the same way there's different levels in history, general, general history. Uh, and then of course we go on Bovel, we learned about Purim. So at a certain level, the whole story of Purim has to, has connected with which kind of level uh, there was in that time. Um, now, just like there's that in history, there is also to this day, that Rizal actually says something very interesting when he talks about this. He says, and this is in a time, in Sharmi Tairach, the 36th out of it, time. He says, everything I'm telling you here is what's natural. In other words, when you wake up in the morning, that's how I see it at least. When you wake up in the morning, if you're in Golas, you're going to feel the Golas. You're going to feel the constriction of mind, the katness, or all kinds of things like that. This doesn't mean that when you start to daven that you're still in the same place. It doesn't mean that if you're a real tzaddik that knows how to connect with the, with the things that we're talking about, that you're going to be still stuck in the same place. It doesn't actually mean that. Everything I'm talking about is like we could call the default state, the natural state. The natural state of the world, since there is goddess, there's still a goddess. There's still, at least in the weekdays, that is all we're gonna, that's what I was going to get. There's difference between weekdays and Shabbos and Yom Tov. But at least in the weekdays, when we wake up, um, we are in... Uh, we are in a certain state. If you're a tzaddik, you don't really have to stay in Golas. That's important to know. If you know how to get out of that, and that's true for actually a general, that's a very general rule that Arizal has, and we're going to get to it maybe if we get into details of Lal Pesach. It's a very general rule, which is you have, to, you have to acknowledge the difference between the default state. And default state is very important. Like we could see it as like God's, what God gives you. Like uh, like you wake up in the morning and this is actually something you need to know, you need to recognize. There is something that you wake up in the morning and, and like I'm gonna say, if it's Shabbos, if it's Pesach, you need to feel different. You need to have a different level of Moichin without doing anything. Or just Pesach night comes, that is what I'm gonna explain. Just Pesach night comes, or any Yom Tev, but especially Pesach, it just starts, there's, you know, we light, lit the candles, we turn on the light or whatever. I mean, we'll turn on the light of Yom Tev, not the light. We light the candles and, and that's all. You don't start with before you dive in before anything. Now it's Yom Tev. Now there's a different level of Yichad, a different level of Moichin, which are correspond to the same thing at the end of the day. And this is what, and the same way you wake up in the morning and it's a weekday. Oh, if I, it's a weekday. Oh, if I were in uh, Golas, that's a problem. And like, I don't feel good. I don't feel, I don't have a Yichad. I can't really talk. In other words, I can't talk to God. It's very real. This is very real. I've been reading the, the Kamarna Rabbi has a book, uh, especially for times of plague. Called Adam uh, Yasha. It's been it's been uh, a little bit uh, how do you say uh, disseminated recently. Um, no, but there he talks about the idea that uh, that Rizal also has a whole drish about uh, about Magerfus and stuff, and he's based on that. And he talks about how uh, we know that the, the one of the things that uh, very the very major things about times of a uh, plague were that David Amelech was metaken to. Which you say mea brachas, so that says the Medrash says or the Gemara that, and they, when David Amelech counted the Yidden, the, over there there was a whole story, and there was, and the Novi came to him and asked him, what do you want? Do you want to lose the war, or do you want to, uh, uh, I don't remember the second option, or do you want a, a plague? And he said, Nitlana biada Hashem kiviada dam alepola, very famous pusik. Uh, says, I w- let's fall in the hands of God and not in the hands of a person. In other words, I'd rather a plague than a war. That's very interesting. Uh, we'll have another class about that. In other words, in David Amelech's mind, it's always better to be in a situation where you're not under human control. Humans are the worst. That's, that's where it thinks all the problems start. Uh, if you're under God's control, you could daven, maybe it'll help you. If you're under a person, davening is not going to help you because he has his own, like, bechir, and you, have, you get stuck with that. And that's actually the story. So, in other words, in a deeper in a deeper sense, and and then the actually the story is that it actually works. After three days or whatever, David meets the Malach and, and he says, you know, this has been enough. 
let's stop it. And I know that I chose it myself, even though he chose himself this option, he kind of managed to stop the, the plague by his prayers and like whatever he was that he did. And what Chazan said that what he did was, and this doesn't say in the, it's not, not in the Pshat, but it's the, the Medrash that says that what he did was he, um, he was misakin a halacha that he should say a hundred brachas every day. Right. So now that the the commander explains this 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 way, maybe I'm tra- I'm paraphrasing him, but this is what he explains. Whenever there's a play, like you said, biad, it's nitlana biad Hashem. So the godliness is fallen, really. That's really where everything starts. So there's a big mark in the katness in the world. There's a, lef, a lessening of of the light of 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 God of the In other words, how did that translate in my experience? That's what he says. And he, this 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 is literally does say. I'm not not even paraphrasing. He says you could feel when there's a time of a plague. It's very hard to say a certain word in the Siddur. So like there's, Siddur has a lot of words. And like we discussed in the beginning of our, one of the first classes, these are different ways of relating to God or different, there's Atta, there's Hu, and there's Burich, and there's, there's every single word really is just a different, uh, like a different direction, a different way how we say me, God, God, me, him, God, it, God, all, all these kinds of things. And, uh, and there's one word that the commander says, there's a certain word that it, you, should, you should know. He says, I feel it. Like he's, he, he also experienced these kind of things and he felt it. And he said, when there's a plague, it's very hard to say the word uh, burich, baruch atah. These two words, if there's a time of plague, you feel it. You're opening up a in the morning and it's like a whole list of brachas. This, you get the pukach every part you get, but the burich atu that you don't get. There's something that's very hard, that makes it very hard to say that word. And therefore, the way to uh, this, the inner way, like the, the spiritual way of overcoming that is like, that's what the Melech said. They said, let's do it a lot of times. Let's a hundred times a day, like until it works. That's really how I read. That's not what he says. But the whole thing of the hundred a day is it's a lot, like a huge number, like a hundred. Like, uh, there's all these hashbanas. If you say shmanesra three times, so you get close. And then we have marbrachas and all kinds of things. And really, the way I see it, uh, this is, uh, my reading is always of these things that it means to say, try it a hundred times until it works. We really only need one. That's the truth. Like he's saying. And what, what does it mean that Burikata doesn't work? That's another way of saying God is not with me. There's some level, and of course, on a different level, and like in level of Katniss, God doesn't ever go away. But in, in my experience, in my consciousness, it's not here. And when I say, you have to, when you say Burikata, when you say, Burikata uh, doesn't mean blessed. I, in English, you, you should translate it as present. Present are you God. Um, um, it's not present. So you're basically lying. And you can't lie. So you're like, okay, let's say it. Let's try again. Like, and say it enough times until it becomes present. Until you could say, here are you, God. That's really what it's trying to say, Baruch Atah. It's not about blessing God. That's all. Um, and that's why that's his, his answer to the, to the plague. That's, that, that's David HaMelech's answer, actually, to, to all kinds of times of big trouble. Try a try hundred times until it works. And then maybe it will work. Anyways, so getting back to where we were in Mitzrayim, this was the... And the time was also a place of plague. If we could, we could, of course, everyone knows that the uh, Makkah's Dever was not only one of the ten Makkahs. It's actually a very important Makkah. Um, and if we read, because how do I know? Because if you read the uh, Parshas Veshalach, you could see that the Yidim were afraid of it. And there's different things. In other words, there's certain certain Makkahs, like maybe uh, Makkah's Dam, Mechvesmish, and there's we could be an you know, in the in the Psukim here. There's a lot of like conversations in the Parshim about these kind of things. But generally, there's certain, like, uh, and I, let's, say, let's say it like this. Had I fallen into the Yamsif, that's not a problem for us. He lost the war, basically. He lost whatever the Yamsif split, and he got in the wrong side of that thing, and he's dead. I'm not afraid of it. But there's something that the Yidin were still afraid. And we could read a, a Pesach in Mepharish and Parshas B'Shalach. It says, Oh, that's a lot of stuff. Anyways, in other words, these are the people that just came out of Mitzrayim, right? This is the sect, like the parasha right after it is Mitzrayim. And they're afraid of something. They're afraid of the machlash samti Mitzrayim, the sickness or the plagues. And this might include makas machayres, makas dever, whichever way, maybe even makas oro, if we could interpret it in many different makas. But generally, they were afraid, because this is like, basically, it's contagious. That's the basic shot. Uh, and they can get it too. What's protecting them uh, from this uh, Makkah? So Mitzrayim is like, basically the whole Mitzrayim is a situation of a certain plague, a certain Makkah. And the, how do you say? Um, 
uh, what was I trying to say? The, and the, getting out of Mitzrayim is like it says in the in the Aguda, right? That that's the pasuk that we say in the Aguda, and the Aguda explains this. Aguda explains this pasuk. What does it mean? It means Dever, uh, right? Remember, remember that good? That's what it says in that good, I think. Basically, this piece is talking about, and it's very important. That's how I understood it. It's talking about, but this, this is one of the more important, more important parts of that good. And actually, in the old, some versions of that good, have have an added medrash of it here, which talks, starts the. Uh, talks about how he came with all the malachim and then he told the malachim uh, I don't need you, I'm coming myself now something like that and some versions of that good to have that and in other words it, um, again and in other words this 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 little piece is really about the what actually the part that the Rizal, people like the Rizal would be the most interested in which is what kind of God we experience on Pesach, or what kind of me God thing happens in this seder, or in this in this Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, which we celebrate by doing our seder, because that's that's really what's the interesting thing. Like if we go back to the whole question of what are we doing with Yitzhiyat Mitzrayim, all this we're four shirim about this in Yiddish uh, in the other class, but the inner and the the Kabbalistic answer is always going to be, but whatever the historical things, it's history, it's interesting to historians or to nationalists and different kind of people. But the uh, real thing, the real story is always the God story, the theological story, or really the story that actually happens in God, or rather in God's relationship with us. And that's part we can actually relive, not in some kind of uh, fake way, not in like some kind of uh, symbol, symbolic way, in actually a very real way. Because whatever, whatever happened in Mitzrayim, it happens to you too. And the way it happens, is basically what, exactly what we're saying. In other words, if you come Pesach night, instead of waking up, as we usually wake up, and it's true, most of the days, especially, in, uh, it's true, you have to, I think it's very true. Some people don't, don't like the fact, don't like the, the, the mother part, you know, the goddess part. Um, I really like the commander saying, you know, when there was these kind of things happening, that was hard for me to say, to say a bracha. Like, <laughs> I felt it hard, like, his language is like, it's, it was heavy on my lips, something like that, like, like it's, it's hard. And, when there's a time like like it is Mitzrayim, and suddenly it's easy. That's really what it's about, like in your experience. Suddenly it's easy. Suddenly there's moichin that we, you would not expect. Suddenly there's a yichah that we would not expect. It seems to not to not be where I am, because I, I know myself. And and in Mitzrayim generally, we also we're going to get to this in the Kabbalistic language, but we generally know ourselves. We were in a very bad situation, like. And suddenly it makes sense. Suddenly when you say burichatu, uh, it makes sense. Suddenly it's true. Suddenly, it's not. It doesn't feel like you're pretending, and that's 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 what takes you out of Mitzrayim. And that's Lel De Malach, and that's the antithesis, like the thing that takes you out of the of the plague, which basically means there is no God here. That's really what it's an opposite. It's like the backward negative of that. Um. So that's that's the that's what Arizal is going to be talking about on Pesach. Now let's if we go back 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 to my nice charts which we've probably been seeing the whole time. I don't know. Um, if we go back to this uh, chart, now we can, we can define this very precisely in, in, in Kisvarizal. We can define this very precisely. We can define exactly what kind of level of moichin, this is going to be the level that we're talking about, what kind of level of uh, God's mind, God's mind in us, God's mind in Atzilas, uh, do we have on El Pesach? And let's let's talk about two things. Number one, what were we supposed to have, and what do we get, which by a miracle? Because in other words, a miracle. When we talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim being like one of the biggest miracles that ever happened. Now, a miracle, just like everything else, has two, at least two levels of explanation. There's a miracle. Okay, thank you very much. The you know the the Bechayim of Mitzrayim died, and not the Bechayim of Bnei Israel. Okay, thank you. That's their miracles effect in this world. In Kabbalah, there's also miracles. Or in, in we could say in Avedas Hashem, or in Rachnis, there's also miracles. And what are miracles? Miracles means that generally there's, there's a rules. Like, this is important to know, that the spiritual world is not an anarch, anarchic world, at least not in Darizal's view. It's very organized. In other words, if, let's say, if you do a certain mitzvah, or let's say if you do a certain Avedas, if you're a tzaddik, a certain, if you're a certain level of tzaddik, 
you're uh, you you have done the work, you know, you've paid the price for something, then you'll have it. That's that's a spiritual rule. You want to have rechakodesh? It's natural. In other words, there's a there's an order to it. It's not magic. God just loves you one day and sends you rechakodesh. That's not how things work. None of that is how work. You've done the work. You've done you know you fasted for 35 million years uh, according to whatever calculation you did to atone for all those sins. And you miyached all the and you learned the whole shas, and you uh, learned the whole zar, and all of these things, and you meditated for forty days and forty nights, and then you will get rechakardish. That's that's the natural order of things, and that that's how things work. Um, they still work. I mean, they must work. Sometimes there's miracles. That does happen. Sometimes a guy wakes up in the morning and he has rechakardish. What did he do for it? Nothing. It's a miracle. It just happened. We don't know. We don't know whose fault it is. We don't know how how we got how we got to it. That's called a miracle. In other words, a miracle berachnis means that you get a certain gain a certain madrega, you gain a certain insight, you gain a certain mindfulness, you gain a certain level of mind which you don't which you don't deserve. That's a, a not nice word word of saying it. In other words, you jump levels, and this actually happens. It's not only something that happened once. It actually happens uh, many times, or I don't know, many times. Some people experience it a lot of times, some people less, some different, a lot of different uh, levels of that. But in the Arizal's world, this is what this is what we talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. In other words, in Mitzrayim, we were on a very small level. Um, various babies, that, that's the Pusik. We, we read the Pusik in the Agudan. It's actually, the Arizal talks about this Pusik if we look in Drish, uh, Drish Gimel. I'm not, I'm not going to read it to you, but I'm just telling you where to look. I don't know if you see my screen on that or something else. I'm confused. Um, but if you look in Drish Gimel, you can see this whole, that he's explaining this thing. And he bases it on a Pesach in the Aguda, which says, uh, one of the Pesachim that Aguda brings, which is the Pesach of Yecheskel. And Yecheskel Anubi describes the situation of, of, of the Eden in, in the times of Yitzhak Mitzrayim like babies. And he literally talks very graphically about how they were full of blood and whatever babies are full of when they're born of when they're born and they're full of diapers and, and all kinds of things. And nobody, he, he talks about your umbilical cord not even being cut yet. That's where, and he basically says, this is where we found you. Like he's talking God's name and said, this is how I found you. You were a baby in dirt and blood and whatever it is. And that's how you were. Like, like you know, know where you came from. That's like part of what he's trying to say. And, or be appreciative of where you got. And that's the truth. Arizal says that's the truth. In other words, the level of Goles, the level of the of the Malchim, level of the Neshamas Yisrael, the level of the Atzilus, of everything you want to talk about, which was on the you know on the Erev Pesach in Mitzrayim, or maybe a little earlier, or depending you know the Shabbos are good on different things, was there where there were babies. In other words, and the Rizal uses always this language. He calls it a le- we discussed this. He calls it a level of Ibur, or maybe of Yenika, one of these two. In other words, there's a level called Ibur, that's the smallest level, and generally it's called the Nahi of Zah, I'm not gonna get into that because you're gonna get confused. But anyways, that's the smallest level. It means we could only you could only you're like a baby, you're in fetal position. So a baby in fetal position, that's actually and we could see it. I'm just gonna that's the carbon pesach is like that, right? Because the carbon pesach we uh, we eat roishoy al krav al kirboy. Right? So you take the, the lamb of the carbon pesach and you put its head on its uh, body on its uh, feet. Like it's all together, that's how it gets uh, they call it. That's how we make the carbon pesach. Um and that's an according to Zohar and Kabbalah, that's a remez that the level of mind that really we have in Mitzrayim is in fetal position. In other words, what's a fetal position? Your head and your that generally there's like an upstanding person, like the Komash Lema, it has a standing at least of three levels, right? You've got your head, you've got your body, and you've got your feet, which is Chabad Chagat Nai. If you're a baby, you basically only have feet. In other words, you have a head, obviously, and you have a body, but they're all folded into your feet, like a baby is like like that, right? So it's all if you're folded into your feet. Sometimes actually, it's actually a prayer position too. Interestingly, the fetal position is also a prayer position, which we find in Tanakh. Um, right? Putting your hand, a head between your knees is a prayer position, which symbolizes you going back really to a fetal uh, level, like saying, I've got nothing. So do something. Um, that's really where we were in Mitzrayim. And there's 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 shamas for this. Um, um, that's what I'm showing in my chart. Now, according to the Arizal, each, each, uh, each of these, each, um, each level of, of uh, state of mind that we're talking about, each level of godless, right? This is the smallest, very small level. You're still a baby. Then you grow up. Then 
this is actually how Lidl describes it in its time. Then there's the next level, so you're born already. It's like he actually tells it's like until you're two or six, depending on how you read it exactly, or until you're nine. Basically, what happens when a baby is born? So first, it's just a baby; it can't even walk. So there's basically only feet. Then what happens is you start to be able to walk, start to be able to talk a little bit. But two big things, two big development steps that happen when the baby starts becoming a little bit, uh, you know, child, not a baby anymore. That's the level of mochindinika, literally, uh, of uh, nursing, right? That the first two years of a child's life, which is the old way of nursing, at least for two years, um, the basic two things happen. You start to be able to walk. In other words, you're not anymore only one level, like your head and your body folded into your feet, as if your feet came out. Now you could walk. Now there's like two levels. You don't really have a mind yet. I can't talk to you about anything uh, meaningful. I can't explain you anything. So you don't, your mind didn't come out yet, but your feet came out of your body. So there's chagat, body, and nahi. Uh, your feet, you could walk. And there's also speech, which is actually interesting because speech is theoretically something more related to a deeper mind, but there's simple speech. And that's, that's the level, two levels that we could call levels of katnut, levels of real katnut. And according to the Arizal's level, these are two levels like I brought here. These are levels of gullus. Like even the second level, which is that there is some speech. And in, if we think about the, the levels of gullus, we could actually symbol, see it in God, in God also because in Mitzrayim, nobody's talking to each other. What, is, what does gullus mean? That is actually has a beautiful way of, of, of describing this in the letters of, of the Shem Kim, which I can't get, I'm not going to get into the whole detail of it. But that is all says, so of course there's two different names, Shem Elohim, Shem Avai. Shem Elohim is a smaller level, everyone knows, it's Midas Adin, it symbolizes a smaller level of understanding. And Shem Avai is a larger level, and we can get into details of Shem Avai. And actually, we, do, we discussed this in a different class. More, more about it, uh, we could see about Pais Sach Paroi was very into the Shem Kim, which we know uh, Paroi was so into the Shem Kim. He actually, I mean, it wasn't the same Paroi, but at least we could understand that it was, uh, that was the, the, kind of the level of Egypt, of Egypt that they understood. He actually mentioned, mentions Elohim many times. He talks, talks to Yosef. He says, Elohim Yanesh Lehim Paroi, which Yosef tells him. Uh, he tells Yosef, So they know about Elohim. And then Moshe comes to Pare and he tells him, uh, I've met this God in, in the snan. He told me, and he says, Who is this Havaya? What do you mean you don't know about God? You know about God. You're not an atheist. Pare was an atheist. But what Arizal and Zohar, and based on earlier sources even, say that Pare knew of the Shem Elohim. In other words, his God was this constricted level, this small level of Katniss, which is called Shem Elohim. Anything related to the larger level of Shemavai, he couldn't talk, know about it at all. So that's above his, above his pay grade, above his mind, above his head. Now, and the Zohar even says something even more crazy, which that is a quote. So the Zohar says, That's, a, that's actually like the, the chorus of the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. If you read the, the, the Parshish, it's like the chorus. It says like 15 times, like in different versions. Like, Every time, that's what happens. And the Zaya says, what does it mean? So this party must have been really nuts. Like he, he was one of these people that like, you know, everyone, almost everyone dying isn't enough. If everyone literally dies, maybe he starts to get it, you know. Anyways, and the, and the Zaya says that meaning, means, means that this Moshe talking in the name of the Shem Havaya actually gave Pari strength. Because Pari understood Kabbalah. Pari, just like we discussed about Haman, Everyone in the in the Rizal's world is Mikabulim. Nobody is stupid. Because <laughs> stupid people we don't talk about at all. So even Pari is a Mikabul. And Pari learned that's And Pari sees in its time that there is we're in Mitraim. And in Mitraim there's no Shemavaya. So Moish, this Moshe guy coming to talk about the Shemavaya obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. He's not a Mikabul. Maybe he's he's all confused. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. So every time Moshe talks to Pari and he says, Havaya told you this, Havaya told you that, Pari gets more stronger in his refusal. Because he knows that Hashem Avai doesn't really work now. Now, obviously, he was wrong. And I have to get into a whole other explanation to understand how exactly he was wrong. It's similar to what we learned from him. There is something even in, in that level. But in any case, even in this, we could talk about two levels. That's why I was going to say. Now, the Rizal says, now the Shem Alekim has five letters. Aleph, Lamed, He, Yud, Mem, right? Um, there are different ways of the, separating it anyways. But, and I'm, I'm not going to explain you the detail of how the Rizal said. Now, we could separate the Shem Elohim into two words, which are Ya and, Al- and Elem, Elem, right? In other words, if you think about it, Ya, Yudhe, is our names of, our letters of Shem Avai. They really say, Ya is really, a, like there's a Shem actually, Shem Ka, right? Those of Zimnas Ya, which is like a Kitzer of the Shem Avai on a certain level, right? It's half of the Shem Avai without the Vuh. 
So those are like the higher level uh, letters, the higher level parts of the Shemalakim. Then there's another part, which is the Aleph Lamed Mem. And Aleph Lamed Mem, if you read it, spells out Ilem, or in other words, death, right? Not death, um, no? And you can't talk. It's a mute, right? It's mute, music. mute, right, yeah. Mute. Um, yeah, you're on mute. Anyways, so Ilem is mute. And actually, if we think about it, if we read the story of the Sneh, Moshe Rabbani in the beginning was saying he's Kvat Peh. In other words, he's mute, right? And what does Hashem tell him? It's amazing question if you get what's going on here. He's saying, who is the Ilam? There is Ilam. In other words, when you're in Iber, God doesn't even talk to you. Not even Elohim talks to you. He's silent. That's what it says many times in the Zohar and the Shechina when it's in Godas is in the level of Nelamti Dumiya. And the Rizal says in the Zohar, Nelamti Dumiya is Dom Yudhe. The Yudhe of the Shem is silent. So that's why the Shechina, which is symbolized in the Shem is silent. It cannot speak. It exists, but it can't speak. In other words, it has nobody speak. It has nobody to speak to and nobody to speak for her, right? Because that's really the bad, the big problem of Golas that we don't have anyone to speak for God. We don't have anyone to speak for the Shechina. Everyone speaks in the name of all kinds of different uh, idols and different ideologies and different things, but nobody speaks in the name of God. Or in other words, there's no prophecy, which prophecy translates to someone speaking in the name of God. You need to be able to do that. And, and as long as it's not that, then it's ilam, right? And then that's what I'm just saying. The put then God told, is telling Moshe that Pare is a shtikl is still wrong because me some me yosim ilam me who is putting the ilam? It's also anoichiavai. Even in ilam, there's some anoichiavai which you could get to, but getting to that actually will lead us up the steps. And at least we're gonna get to Shemelehim, right? So there's some speech. So really, in a certain sense, the first speech of Moshe talking to Pare. Maybe it's only really still the Shemalihim, but it's at least not Ilem. At least it's not silent. It's making some noise, right? But it's Akub Israel Hashem. They're making noise. I don't exactly know what they're saying. I don't exactly understand it, but it's like a child. Like he could speak, he could make noise, he could communicate, but he can't really understand things. That's, that's where we are. And this is, this is the level which is true. In other words, if we would have been in Derech HaTeva, right? Which Derech HaTeva, according to Kabbalah, means we're going according to the order of things, right? We're Nahi, Ilem, we're Chagat, Elohim. Okay. Maybe we can go one more level, let's say. And that's actually somewhat true. We can go mo- one more level. Like, okay, we're doing Morchu, we're getting to a higher level, or we're doing our carbon Pesach, we're getting to Lel Pesach. We can do one more level. Okay, one more level. Problem is, Darizal says, the problem with that, that's the normal order of things, actually. Like, human beings, when they get born, so then Darizal actually, in a time, goes through this whole thing. And even here, he talks about the Mishnah, Mesech Perkeaves, Ben Chamesh Namikra, okay? So you could, Mikra basically is talking. We don't really understand you don't have to understand. When you read Mikra as a child, you don't understand what it's about. You know the words. And then Ben Esther, he starts Mishnah and Chavajit. So slowly until you're 20, maybe hopefully you know what you're talking about sometimes. You know? yeah. Now, um, that's the normal order of things. Now, the problem, there's a big problem with that, with the Derech HaTeva, with this, with this order. Now, the problem is that when you're in Mitzrayim, going with that normal way, right, with the rational ordered way, gets you nowhere. Yeah, fact. Gets you nowhere. Why does it get you nowhere? Because you have this big clipper, this big mania, this big thing called Padai, which actually Padai understands the Shemalekim, right? So in the Rizal's language, he has an achiza, he has a, some kind of grasp in the Shemalekim, and he's there with you. And when you grow, he's going to basically grow along with you. And one step, then in other words, incrementalism doesn't work. It works when you're already out of Mitzrayim, then you can go incrementally. But incrementalism to get you out of one totally messed up state into entirely stopping being messed up, that incrementalism never gets you out of that. There needs to be a radical break. You need to do radical things. You need to have something called in the language of Darizal, a jump. And the Mechabulim all related this to the language of the Pesach. Pesach means, according to Rashi and some some Mephashim, jumping, right? God jumped over the the houses of the Bnei Yisrael so they interpreted the meaning, and that is maybe himself or, or some of his students, that the, the God that we know on, on Mithlel Pesach is a jumpy God. He's the, guy, he's the God that doesn't care that now you're just uh, six years old and we can't tell someone that's six years old about the difference between, uh, right, Mohan, the godless shiny and godless Rishan. That's not how it works, right? But because as long as you're going to be a six-year-old mind, you're going to become seven and eight, and you're going to bring along your bad parts all all time and you're never going to actually break with Mitzrayim you're never going to say I'm out now there's something else going on now we can actually get talk to God therefore 
Hazel says that there is a different, a special breaking of the rules, special, otherwise known as a ness, right? The, there's a, and this breaking of the rules means there needs to be a radical break with, with Pada and with Mitzrayim. That, that actually why, if you think about the story of, 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 Pesa, of Pada, much of this, Pada wasn't crazy. That's very important to know. And actually it's important to know for, for all the problems that we have, all the different Padas and different Thumans, none of them are crazy. If you, as long as you think as, that they're crazy, you're not going to get anywhere. In other words, they really are crazy, but they're not crazy. Right? In other words, Moshe comes to Pada and he starts having a dialogue with him, right? It took 15 different steps, like Makas and Oises and different things. And he said, he's talking to him in his language and he's getting there, right? He's getting somewhere with him, right? After like six Makas, he starts to say, maybe I'm wrong, maybe Yashem Atzadeh, maybe he's, in, you know, his Gaboim starts understanding slowly and they're, they're getting somewhere. But all of the somewheres in the world don't get you into another world. That's the big problem. As long as you're stuck talking Pada's language in Egyptian, right? Moshe is making all these funny signs, really, right? We're reading the Torah really in a really weird way because it's written in nice Hebrew and everything. But Pada didn't speak Hebrew. He spoke Egyptian and they had these funny pictures. And that's what Moshe was talking to him with, right? Hieroglyphics and whatever he said. And, and Moshe is like explaining him with all these stupid Egyptian pictures and Chachmas, how you know it's not nice. You should let these people out of here. Why, why are you keeping them as slaves? And, you know, maybe, <laughs> etc. And Pada is starting to think, yeah, maybe, you know, we'll give them a minimum wage and, you know, we'll do all kinds of incremental, incremental steps. And that's not what we're interested in. This second, and then basically Moshe, uh, God says to Moshe, and, and Moshe is also getting frustrated with this, if you read, and it doesn't say, I made it up, but it, if you read it, you have, to, you have to know that Moshe is getting frustrated. Like, he's tried, then he goes to God, and he tells God, look, it didn't work. Okay, now it's going to work. Finally, it's going to work. It's not going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. He's getting really frustrated. And then there's, there's the resolution of this. And Pasha's boy, and you read, and, and says, And what does it say I'm going to do? I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to do, In other words, God says, you know what? You're right, in a certain level. Maybe, why did we do this whole incremental thing? I don't even know. Maybe it's, you know, to soften it up. After, can't entirely jump. But really, you're entirely right all this time. And, the only thing that's going to get you out of Mitzrayim is me, myself, coming. And I'm just going to come, jump in, and we're going to get this over with. That's, that's really what, what happened with you. Uh, that's really what, um, what's going on in this, in this Lel Pesach, in this Makat B'chayr. And therefore, I don't see, um, and therefore, the real nest of Pesach, which we, we uh, you know, celebrate the, each year again, um, the, real, the real story is this jump, this like, uh, is this, uh, this, this big jump, which is that suddenly, and, the, and you have to read the Agudah correctly, when it says, all of these things, what it really means to say, you deserve a malach, you deserve a shleach, like malach is maybe oil uh, there's four elements, like if you read the, the Rizal, uh, okay. Um, okay, and really, it should have been Malach, Shliach, Acher, whatever, all three levels basically, right? Which are Oilamas Bia, and that is the interpretation, which it should have been. That's where you are. But this was the story. This suddenly, without preparation, being unprepared, right? We do a lot of preparation for Pesach, but the real Pesach is an unprepared thing because it's a huge jump. It's God jumping in, like literally jumping into the world or the world jumping up to God. You could visualize it whichever direction you like. Or there's differences, but anyways. Um, and he's saying, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to do it. And now, now it's very important to note, this is not a, uh, something that's sustainable. Very important. Very important, the rule. This is, this is a rule. This, these kinds of things happen all the time. And people's personal lives and in general and kind of different we could even show it in history in many different ways. Um, this is not something sustainable. Very important to know. This is not sustainable. In other words, we have to do a radical break. We have to do something unnatural, something suddenly and according in that is a language, suddenly you're gonna get Maikin of In other words, there's these two that four levels we could divide it into godless, godless, godless. Suddenly you can have godless which are the highest level Maikin besides for Shvis. We never get to such a high level. And uh, maybe Pesach, Shabbos, Pemusif, whatever. This is the high, oh, closest, six out of seven, basically. This is close to the highest level 
that you can ever get. And you, without going in order, you're gonna get the whole thing in one night. That's what's gonna happen. Now, important to know, this is not sustainable. In other words, this, what this does, this is very important, this step, because this step get, breaks you out of your Mitzrayim. This step breaks you out of the whole incrementalism, which gets you slowly places, but you're not getting out, nowhere. This stops that cycle. Now we broke our, uh, how do you say, like our, uh, what we're used to. We broke our like circles now we're keeping on going to the same place. We're not. Now we don't have to think that yesterday I was in Mitzrayim like this, have to be a little better. You could think everything entirely uh, fresh. But it's not sustainable. And that's why, and this is also Mamish in the Pshat, you could see it. And of course, in the Kavanas, whoever is Machav in the Kavanas, you could see it too. That's why, right after this main major story of, of, of Lel Pesach, we got stuck again. And if you read even Kriyas Yamsef, which is another whole, well, I'm going to have all Kriyas here for about Kriyas Yamsef, maybe on Pesach itself, on Kalamai, I don't know. Even that, well, we could see that right after they, by and suddenly they're little babies. Suddenly we're afraid. They're going to see we have to go in a different way because they're going to be afraid. Suddenly they're not even sure. They're starting to say maybe we should have stayed in, in Mitzrayim. And if we go even further, and if, uh, suddenly there's a Molek later, like, like before, uh, right? Before uh, two months later, there's a Molek. And even before that, they start complaining about the water and about the onion, all kinds of different things. So, Basically, they're back where they're, you fall back. That's the, that's the fact. You fall back into where you more or less were. Not entirely where you were, but more or less where you were. You fall back. And then after Pesach, there's something called Sfira Sa'ayma, right? Right after the first night of Pesach, we start counting the Ayma. And Sfira Sa'ayma is like the incrementalist thing in Judaism, right? There's nothing that has so much uh, steps as that. Like one, two, until 49, which is... Basically, it's like this 49 shot of Bina, which symbolizes all the levels that you can attain in your mind in the world. That's that's Fias Ayman. The, the polar opposite of Lel Pesach. Lel Pesach is jumping, and one time you jump into the sky, or the sky jumps into you. And Fias Ayman is let's go, let's go, let's do it in order. Let's uh, uh, let's do one at a time, one day, take one day at a time, and slowly we'll get to the same place where we were on Pesach, which is, and if you realize the Rem as it's the Givaldic, when you say, Rashi says, was, what is, one of the Pshatim that Rashi brings over there is that there was a question, is this the same God that we saw in Yitzhak Mitzrayim? In other words, in, in Kriyas Yamsef, it wasn't, didn't look the same. Rashi says, because by the Yamsef, he looked like a young man, like a, a warrior. And here he looks like an old, old lady with a Zuken Mullerachman, which is a long white beard. In other words, in Narizal's language, the Kriyas Yamsev is really, relative to that, is a very cutness. It's a young man. It's a, he's, a, he's a man, he's not a baby anymore, but he's young. He has some, there's some power, there's some uh, vigor in, in being young. You know, he's a warrior. There's something great about that. But he's young. And then Matan symbolizes a very polar opposite of that. Like that he's calls it being 70 years old. Like you already have a long, wide beard. You have a lot of Yishravadas, a lot of uh, serenity. Like Torah, right? What's Torah? Torah is like a Rosh Hashiva with a long white beard. God giving the Torah, but like some kid. He's like a really old guy that already knows everything and now he's just explaining you, you know, the thoughts. That, that's Matan Torah. And then there was like a question. Is this the same God that we saw in Mitzrayim, Yitzhak Mitzrayim, in Kriyas Yamsu? And there's like a special Chiddush, like it's not a Chiddush, but if you understand, you say, I am the one I took you out of Eretz Mitzrayim. You saw me young then, now I'm old, but I'm the same one. In other words, this is an important lesson in itself, the, in the end of the day, there's only one God, even though I keep on saying there's different God. There's only one God. But you have to understand that this, your understanding of God has to grow, and it has to grow along with being the same God. That's why we get Shviyas, and Shviyas, the actual level of Shviyas is really like a fifth level in this chart. And it's really something that we don't, I'll keep shot, get even at all on Pesach. So, the incrementalism actually brings us beyond where the jumping could have gotten, could have brought us. But the jumping is very, um, extremely important. Great, it's extremely important to, to understand. Now, let me, um, let's see what, well, how much more we can do. We can continue forever, but no. Um, so, therefore, so now let's, let's get into a little detail here. Let's get into a little detail. Therefore, when we go, we open the the door. We open we open Pesach, right? And next week. So the first thing we know, the first thing we we have, really the first second, and we're gonna get into that. Really, then we we could um, 
we can divide this into all the different uh, things that we do. So let's let's try to explain more clearly. In other words, let me let me see if I have here. If I have here a list. No, I don't have the. Um, maybe this. Okay, nah, not really working. Okay, so the basically, let, let me stay here. Basically. Basically, it's like this. Let's let's so let's go back. So now Pesach starts. Pesach night starts. Now there's a lot, whole bunch of things are happening, right? We daven Mariv, and then we go home and we make all seder. Or if it's this year, you daven Mariv at home and you make a seder at home. But um, these are all a whole bunch of things. Now, really, this is I'm going to say this like this, though it's not entirely 100% accurate. Maybe not everyone agree with me. Really, the the light of Pesach by night. It's true. The the what we're talking about, this huge jump. In other words, suddenly things make sense. Suddenly you could, you know, things are right. That happens in one second, really. And if you want a practical advice, it doesn't have to be any specific second. It could be the one you go to sleep after the set. I don't know. It doesn't have to be in any specific second. And the way I usually read every, this is my practical way. All the hundred things that you do on Pesach night, they're like the Mebrochis, like we discussed. Like do a hundred ones, maybe in the Chadolises you'll get it. I don't know. Everyone has their own, that's very personal in the end of the day. But in the concept of it, it's the concept of Pesach Benet. The concept of the Pesach, this night, is the whole thing. All of the levels of Meichen that we could have, we have. And we have them more or less in one second. Now, of course, if you'll go into the detail, and we, maybe we will, if we'll have time, people will still want, you'll see that it's not exactly in one second. But maybe one is by the first cause, and one is by the second cause, and maybe when you eat matzah, and when you eat mother. But in, in a broader sense, this is still one second, right? It's all one night, it's one event. So, uh, and, and really, it should take 20 years. So condensing 20 years into, into three hours is still one second, if you think about it in like a little bit broader sense. That's why this is called the Eid of La Pesach, which is in one second. And, and really, very important to know, really, this whole thing, in other words, even though we do things, even though we, we do like, right? we kind of reenact different parts of all these things, that's not really what's happening because you have to think about it like this. Whenever we, things work incrementally, they work the hadraga in level level by level, and we can say you're doing it right. That's and that is all. This is Darizal's language, more or less. When there's a yichud that happens, my my work, my effort, then I've done it. Okay, and tomorrow I'll get do it a little better, so it'll be a little better the yichud and so on. When the whole order gets destroyed by something coming in from outside, from above, and doing his own order, saying, I'm not going to go in the order, I'm going to go, in a in however we need to do, because we need to break free out of time, then you're not doing anything. It's not your effort that did it, right? It's God's effort that did it. And Darizal explains, this is what it says in Zohar, Darizal quotes a Zohar that says, that the zirag of Lel Pesach is misitra de la'ela velo misitra dilam. It's from the side of the above and not from our side. In other words, there's a yichet from God's perspective. The yichet that we experience in the Pesach is God. It's not ours. That's really a certain level of bitl, a certain level of, which is generally a good thing. And Chassidus merely sees this than anything, everything. The thing that happens in the Pesach is not happened by virtue of our avodah, by virtue of our whatever we do. It happens by itself. That's a lot of language that he's always used. Me'elav. In other words, don't be, don't worry. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stop with this because it's already been an hour. In other words, don't worry. You, you don't. We could sit down and get into all the details, hopefully, and explain all four levels of katnas aleph, godless aleph, katnas bez, godless bez, and divide them into four. That's my next chart, and understand the first curse and the second curse and all of these things, which are all details in these big level of moich that we get on Pesach. But the real, the first, the cloud of all these things, the general rule of all these things is that they're not something that we do. They are things that happen to us. When we went out of Mitzrayim, we didn't do a thing. We were like babies that someone else took us out and said, okay, let's wash like, And Yechetzel describes it, let's wash you, let's clothe you, let's change your diapers. That, that's what happens to us. And even when we do things, like, okay, we're going to take a class and say Kiddush, and then we're going to say the Maggid, that's what's called derecheres. That's what's called doing things in a way of uh, freedom, right? Or liberty. There's a free way of doing mitzvahs. There's a free way of doing uh, Pesach, which is the opposite of a pressure way, or the opposite of an effortful way. It's an effortless way. Because you understand that what, everything I'm doing is really just acting out what's happening to me. It's not really, therefore, 
if you do know what the covenants are, if you don't do not know what the covenants are, if you do get the chalitzes right, if you don't get the chalitzes right, if you said the right joke by Margaret, if you didn't say the right joke, if, you, if your kids understood what you wanted, if they didn't understand, all of these things kind of pale and in, melt into the general thing of Pesach, which is that something happens to you. And that's really what you should, how you should, how you should go into it, how you should uh, experience it. And then we do Marit, which is one, and according to the Rashash, especially uh, Marit has in it. It's also practically important to know because sometimes people get very confused by the Seder with everyone jumping on their head. Um, or vice versa, I don't know. Uh, everything happens that happens in the Seder happens in a more internal way. And, and just when we dive in Ma'ariv, that's why we say halal already by already by Ma'ariv, if you're a Chiddushid at least. Uh, you say halal already by Ma'ariv. Halal, according to the Izal, the Izal explains, halal means, when do we say halal? An ayamtiv, when there's a miracle. Halal means, I'm good. That's that's what halal is, right? We've gone, we've gone through all the bad and we, you know, we're, we're good. That's when you say halal. In other words, in, in the Kabbalah language, you say halal whenever there's a yichud. When the yichud is full, when the yichud is as full as it could be, and, a yomtiv, and, a, and when something very good happens to you, uh, that's when you say halal. Now, usually, general, as a general rule, we never say halal at night. Why do we never say halal at night? Because there's never a yichud at night. Although the yichud, our yichud is, happens at night, that's a whole other question. But the yichud and davening, Generally, the day symbolizes light. Day symbolizes uh, when we could get things. And that, that's when we have most of the yichad. Even Shabbos, there's no Lel Shabbos. We stay mad and Kabbalah Shabbos and all of that. It's not considered the real yichad. The real, real yichad is considered by Musaf. Or same thing in Shavuos and Yom Tovim. The yichad is usually by Musaf of, of a Yom That's when we're going to say halo. Um, and why is that? And this makes a lot of sense, and if you understand why is that. Because day is the time when people work. Like uh, the other, right? That's the, the sun comes up and the people come up and they start to do their work. Night is not a time of work. Night is when you come home from work and you rest or you, you know, you, you eat or you, you get uh, to whatever you do. Now, yichad usually happens through us working, through our effort. Most of what we do is effortful at the end of the day. And that's when after we finish, we woke up with the chakras and and Musaf, and then we actually we do halal before, but we say, okay, halal, everything is good. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm happy. Now I'm doing halal. On Pesach by night, basically before anything happens, you say halal already. And actually, we say halal. I mean, in the in the English, they said halal already by when they made the karm Pesach. So before everything, even before the eating the karm Pesach, right? There's a sec. There's a three howls of Pesach. There's a howl that we say in Yamtiv in the morning, like every Yamtiv. Then there's a howl that we say by the seder, and then the howl before that that we say. We say two howls by the said. I mean, say one by Marv, one by the said. And there's a howl, a fourth, even before that, which we say when we say, when we make the Karim Pesach and Yudalev. And some people uh, bake matzahs on Erev Pesach and say halo. Some people, even with the bracha and Rachmustef, they say halo with the bracha on Erev Pesach when they bake the matzahs on Erev Pesach. Um, and that means to say, we're already gotten to everywhere we can get to without doing anything. In other words, God took you out of Mitzrayim, not you took yourself out of Mitzrayim. God took you out of Mitzrayim. And therefore, there's howl at night, which symbolizes the time that people are resting. People don't do things. God does things at night sometimes. That's, that's our howl of Pesach. And that's the first second. And then we do a whole reenaction. Okay, let's do Kadesh uh, howl again. Okay, that's another howl. But all of, the, all of these are part of this main story, which is things happening to you and not you uh, doing things or things happening effortlessly. And uh, I really believe that uh, Pesach night, and it, it works like this, by the way, it's true. It's effortless. You don't need, if you, everyone, whatever we do as preparation, as a chana to Pesach, which, you know, Pesach is the yomtiv which with the most achana, which is a paradox of everything I'm saying. You know, if you're already cleaning for Pesach from Tubishvat, and then I come and give you this whole speech about it being effortless, it sounds weird. But it is. And maybe, maybe being effortless needs the most effort, you know, to, to be ready for that. I don't know. But it is effortless. And you just let things happen, let things uh, roll the way they are, and you have all the shemas and all the yichudim and all the things that happen. Uh, okay, um, that's I'm gonna stop. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Have a happy Yom Tov, and let's hope for your, everyone should have a happy Yom Tov and healthy Yom Tov. Amen. Try to continue to learn as much as we could. Yes. So it would be nice if we did, uh, I don't know what German was that, uh, something before Shvish and Pesach. Would be nice. Do what? Yeah. Something before Shvish and Pesach. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, I was thinking, or, let's try Kalua, Shvishvira, Shvishvira, something like that. Um, or even Shvishvira Pesach night, I, I mean, as a precursor to the Tikkun. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, but let's see, we don't know. Okay. Alrighty. Have a good night. Right, Thank have you. a good night. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.